Hello and welcome to Marysville Church of Christ. This is Falling in Love, a show in which we're exploring what it means to have a relationship with God. Not just obedience, not just rule following, but something deeper, something richer. I'm glad you're doing this journey with us. Last week, we started off by talking about the first time in the Bible the word love is used. And I'll be honest and say that the context of that story was not what I anticipated. It comes in the middle of Genesis, not in the creation, no, not, not in some of the early stories, not with Noah, but rather with Lot. The first time this word love is used is in reference to Lot fleeing the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. If you didn't listen to last week's episode, I'd encourage you to do that. Because this first, wor- this first usage of the word love provides for us a very understanding, a crucial understanding, of our relationship with God. Our relationship with God is dialectical. It's two-sided. We speak, he listens. He speaks, we listen. Our words matter to him. Our desires change him. Consistently, we see through the scriptures, as we talked about last week, that the prayers and the words of people who love God have always influenced God's decisions. If you take that a step further, consider what this relationship with God means. It means that you, just a person, just an average human, have the chance to enter into an empowering relationship in which you are given sway over the future. Your words, your requests, your pleas are heard by God and cared about by God. You matter, and I matter, in this relationship with God. Today we're going to pivot a little bit and talk about our first practice, something we can do to really unlock our relationship with God. Something that is strange and in our Western world often looked down upon, but something that's very vital nonetheless. It's the use of our imagination. Now, in previous podcasts, I've referenced this in passing, but today we're really going to unpack what that means and what that looks like. See, imagination in our Western context is often viewed as unreliable. Creativity, storytelling, these things are not valued, especially in any kind of academic or intellectual way. When people say things like, I feel like this, or I'm thinking this, those don't hold as much validity to here are facts or proofs or mathematical algorithms or whatever. And although that's true to some degree, I think we do ourselves a disservice when we completely invalidate imagination. Because imagination holds credible sway in every major field of study. For instance, if, if you learned every mathematical equation necessary to function in your everyday life, you would have done something good. But if you never know how that applies, if you never put it into practice in a, in a tangible way, then it doesn't matter. For instance, if you know the truth that 2 plus 2 equals 4, that's good. But the ability to be able to take that, that concept and apply it tangible things, for instance, picturing two apples and two more apples, knowing how many apples you have. That's how we all learn. That's how we all communicate. We all do it with imagination. Imagination is the bridge by which we understand logic and reason and apply it to our everyday life. And this is true in even more difficult areas of study. 
in, in modern physics, especially astrophysics, we're learning a lot about the way the universe functions, but we're doing it in, with things we've never seen or understood. How do scientists draw models representing things that we don't have pictures of? Well, they take the scientific facts and apply imagination. Imagination doesn't have to be completely worthless, nor does imagination have to have no sway. Imagination isn't intrinsically unreliable. Imagination is just, well, it's just a tool in the arsenal of people. It's what separates us, in many ways, from the rest of the animal kingdom and gives us such an advantage in everyday life. You and I are already using imagination every day. When you wake up in the morning and you picture what your day is going to look like, you're applying imagination based on what you know. And that imagination actually has the power to make you happy or sad. If you wake up in the morning and you picture your day going well, well, then you have a smile on your face as you come down for breakfast. If you picture your day going poorly, you wake up with a frown. And in fact, your whole day can be ruined because the power of your imagination changed you. When a situation arises in our life and we see a positive outcome, we begin to picture and experience what it's going to be like to have that positive thing, and it gets us excited and hopeful. It makes us laugh and smile. But on the same token, when something that instigates anxiety or fear enters into us, that fear and anxiety is exacerbated by our imagination, painting pictures of what it's going to look like when that occurs. This role of imagination is so prevalent in our life day to day, but it's also so prevalent in our spiritual life as well. In fact, throughout the Bible, God often uses this imagination as a tool to be able to convey to us meanings and messages in our everyday life. Throughout the Old Testament, we see this, right? In Daniel chapter 10 and verse 7, it says, I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. Those who were with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them because of me that they fled. Daniel's saying that God entered into my brain and was using my imagination to reveal something to me. And this is not terribly uncommon. Ezekiel chapter 12 and verse 2, that was the case. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 2 through 10. Daniel chapter 2, verses 38, even Nebuchadnezzar experiences this. God often uses these people's imaginations to convey something powerful to them. In fact, the entire book of John happened in John's imagination as he was given a vision. Now, am I saying that you and I are going to all have and experience these massive visions? No. Am I saying, though, that all of us can be attuned with our imagination and God can use that to develop a more meaningful relationship with us? Yes, he can. Maybe you and I are shutting our relationship with God down, putting parameters around it because of our inability or lack of a desire to instigate and use our imagination. The private and imagination, a private and imaginative form of spiritual listening to God, by allowing God into that part of our brain and our heart, can do a lot of things for us. For one, he can use this imagination to make himself more real to us. Understanding God and knowing the facts about God doesn't necessarily always equate with us having faith in him. But the, the Jesus experience, those moments where we feel and that we connect with him, those are the things that really give us concrete, tangible feet to our walk with God. And those things often happen in our imagination. 
Those moments often occur during a spiritual song that we're singing in a worship service that is really touching us. And we feel, we see, we hear those words, and we know he's there. That's a moment in which God is using his imagination to concretely remind us that he's there. This, these imagination experiences can allow us those moments, those moments of connectivity and closeness. But second, it also, it also allows us to experience the world better. Because the same way God can use imagination to change our perspectives of him, to make us feel closer to him, he can also do that with the world around us and change the world and the way we experience it. God has always used these imaginative moments to convey messages, and he's still trying to do that today, but often we stand in the way of that. We as people stand in the way of the messages God so desperately wants us to experience. It's beautiful to know that God is love. It's beautiful to know that he is light. It's beautiful to know that he is truth. But it's even better to experience it. It's even better to know it because you felt it. You saw it. You heard it. In um, the book of 2 Kings, chapter 6 and verse 17, Elisha is standing with a young man who's afraid out of his mind. And Elisha has eyes that allow him to see something in the spiritual realm that, that this young man can't. And, and he was so terrified because he saw this army approaching. He saw all these negative things happening. The way the world around him was so chaotic. And he was afraid. But then Elisha prayed to the Lord to open his eyes. And when his eyes were opened, he began to experience God in a, in a vastly different way. In many ways, I think that's the prayer we should have today. Open my eyes, Lord. Take down the walls around my imagination and my creativity. Use your spirit to speak into those parts of my life. Let me know you're there. Let me experience you there. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. For I have put my trust in you. Let me see you. And know the way I should go, for I entrust you with my life. Psalm 143, verse 8. Do you have that, um, that imaginative relationship with God? Do you allow him into that part? Do you picture what he looks like? Do you think about how he sounds? Do you often experience him in daily life, in walks in nature, or in commutes and car rides? Because if you don't, you're missing out on a beautiful and powerful part of your relationship with God. And it's a part of your relationship with God that you can experience. This isn't something that you need a degree in theology to get. This is just something you need with practice and time. Allowing him into those spiritual moments. Allowing him to use the imagination to create realities in your heart. As I conclude this, uh, this little podcast here, I'd like to offer you a couple ways to try that. Today I want you to experience a prayer with him, but I want you to incorporate your senses into it. I want you to do it like this. Go into a room that's poorly lit, that's dark. And I want you to bring with you three things. One, I want you to bring with you something fragrant, something you can smell. Maybe it's a candle. Maybe it's, I, I use rose rosaries. They're rosaries that smell like rose. And I hold them in my hand, something that can give you a scent. And then I want you to close your eyes and sit on the ground in that dark room with that scent. The second thing I want you to bring with you is something soft. 
pillow, a blanket, whatever, something you can use to make yourself comfortable so that your, in, your lack of comfort doesn't become a distraction. And third, and this one's really important, I want you to bring with you a Bible. I want you to bring with you a Bible. When you get in that, that poorly lit room, I want you to turn to, you, to a passage of Scripture in which God is talking. Maybe it's a passage of Scripture where God is, is offering encouragement to his apostles. Maybe it's a passage of Scripture where God is saying he's returning soon from Revelation. Maybe it's a, a message of love and hope to a prophet. Whatever it is, I want you to find a passage in which God is speaking. And I want you to read it in your head as you're smelling that fragrance in that darkly lit room. And then I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to put yourself in a place that makes you happy. I want you to picture it it with, with, your, with your mind's eye and your imagination. Maybe if for you it's a beautiful field and you're sitting there and you can hear the, the bugs, you can, you can feel the grass underneath your feet. Maybe it's, maybe it's the scent helps you get there. Whatever it is, find a place that's peaceful. And I want you to intentionally picture God speaking those words to you. I, I want you to picture God speaking those words to you. I want you to picture what his voice would sound like. I want you to picture what he himself would look like in that moment, in that place. And I want you to just be there and listen to his words. Allowing your imagination to put you in close proximity to him. Allowing your imagination to, to give you an opportunity for him to let you know he's there. What you're doing is you're opening up a door, you're shutting down everything else, and allowing your senses to be an avenue, a bridge to get you to God. And in that moment, you will experience God. The Holy Spirit will use that opening to let you know he's there. And you'll hear him. And you'll feel him. You'll experience him. And you'll love him more. It may not happen at first. It may take a week, two weeks, three weeks of you trying this every day before it happens. But when it happens, it's so rewarding. Because in that moment, you realize God's real. Not because you know the facts about him, not because you can quote the scriptures that tell you, but because in that moment you feel him. You love him. And you find yourself falling in love with him. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope this lesson has been encouraging, and I hope you give some time and effort to applying these practices in your life so that you can begin to experience God more meaningfully every day. Open up your imagination. Let the Spirit in and be transformed. God bless you.